0: Welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies and acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. And today is going to be a really interesting conversation, Kasim, because we're going sort of—I don't know—off script. There's—we don't really have a script on this show. You've never but had a script. We, we are throwing any semblance of a script out because we're just flying blind right into the question of what would we do maybe even more specifically, what would I do if I had to start all over and I just had $10,000 and that was it? I lost everything. Now I'm getting a little bit of a post-traumatic stress disorder just thinking about this because that's basically <laughs> how I started. But yeah, we're going to be getting into that today. And this is direct feedback from you, the Perpetual Traffic listener. It's actually a suggestion that we do a show just like this. So how are you doing, buddy?
1: Where do those suggestions come from, Ralph?
0: They came from perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better, Cossum. Wow.
1: So you mean anybody can fill out our anonymous survey, tell us what we're doing well, and what they'd like to improve upon, and other topics they'd like to hear about?
0: Yes, they can do that if they subscribe. I can
1: feel us bleeding listeners as we're talking this way. (laughs) They're like, Oh,
0: my God. People are like, click off, you know, next podcast.
1: Let's
0: go listen to Neil Patel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> god bless me Patel with his six minute little snippets was, that's right he's so much more concise these guys just ramble so yeah so we we haven't really talked about this a whole lot but there's something cool going on over at dm you want to talk about that
1: dude well you know what it does is it pisses me off if i'm being really honest like if i'm yeah. being really honest it makes me mad because i paid so much money for all of those certifications do you, you did too, right? Like I bought them for yes. all my all my employees.
0: We're talking so, about Digital Marketer s- right. to be known as DM, digitalmarketer.com, where we, both of us really learned how to do a lot of this, right? And our staffs, for
1: sure. I used to put so, every member of my team through Digital Marketer certification. And you paid through the nose in order to have access to all that. And they just rolled all of their certs into their lab product, which is no money. It's 95 bucks a month.
0: Yeah. I mean, we still do this. We we still do this as part of our training. I'd have to look at our updated training SOPs because we've got a new HR guy. But this is something that we have done for years and years and years. Like I would say five or six years. And it's super expensive. At least it was, but it was totally worth it. Now, well, we had sort of a deal. Of Those certifications. It's thousands of dollars. It would take literally, like we've run 60, 70 people through this. This would be hundreds of thousands of dollars just to do that for employees of Tier Eleven, but now they're just giving the whole damn thing away for ninety-five bucks a month.
1: You, you know why else that pisses me off is because I did the traffic cert, so like here I am pouring my heart and soul into this thing that you can get for no money. Yeah, you know, it's like mm. I'm a I'm like a hobo digital marketer teacher just on the side of the road passing this crap out
0: for nothing. And that's it. That's it. Just giving away free stuff. Yeah. Well, you can you can get it over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash lab. The only reason we're shilling this right now is because we really actually do believe in it. And I mean, there's a lot of content in there. You'll see my mug in there. You'll see costumes and the paid traffic mastery course is so much and it's really well organized. We we're just going through it with Mark. It's just a tremendous value. It's like, it's a no brainer, like it's 95 bucks real. a month for all this. You can learn everything. And it definitely relates back to what we're going to be talking about today. You know, if I were to start all over again myself, or if you're just starting, I tell everybody go to digital marketer. That's that's where you start because it's it's incredibly great content. And now it's super affordable.
1: Yeah. And they have a 14 day free trial. I'm on the page right now, Ralph, and I just saw that. So go start the 14 day trial, download everything you can, and if you if you don't think there's a value there, cancel it. Yeah.
0: There's there no go. risk. Anyway, Ryan Dice does not get your money and you get right. to check it out for free for free. So, all right, well head over to perpetual traffic.com forward slash lab enough shilling. You got a nugget for us here. This is a non-digital nugget. It's an, it's a offline nugget an analog to tell the world nugget. An yeah. analog nugget. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I just got back from Costa Rica. I was speaking
0: at the commitment
1: summit, which by the way, was amazing. Shout out to Karen and JC height of height digital. They put on a phenomenal event. So much fun. And when you're in an event, you meet all these people. So this is this is helpful for you. And it's not just events. It's like if you network, if you do anything real life with anybody, when you're meeting people, what ends up happening is you, you, you trade information and then you go on about your life. And then later, if you want to follow up with them or if they follow up with you, you don't know who the hell that person was. And it's been a, a big, big, big problem, especially for me because I'm bad with names and I'm bad. You know, I've got a bad memory. And so I stole this from somebody else. Somebody comes up, meets me. We trade cell phone numbers. And then he he puts his arm over me, turns around and takes a selfie of the two of us. And then he and then he texts it to me along with his name. And when he followed up with me later, I was like, oh, my goodness, I know exactly who this is. And that is I know it seems like such a nuanced knit. But if you're feet on the street, especially if you're a salesperson, that's the look. You text them your face of you two together, not just you solo. And then now you're going to remind them instantly, this is what we talked about. And, and that relationship can be allowed to continue as opposed to, you had this great conversation, depart, and now you have to go remind them of the conversation or begin to rebuild. It's super
0: good because maybe your first follow-up with them might be a text message and it goes right back into that thread that maybe is now buried in their phone, like 27 deep, Right. but then they'll be like, Oh yeah, I remember that guy with the long hair. That's right. right. That's Kasim. And we That's talked exactly. about X. Yeah. So it's
1: also a yeah. good, it's a good excuse to get their number. So I, I actually hate when people text me, to be honest with you, because, because you have to open it. I don't ignore text messages. I don't think anybody does. They have like a 99% open rate. And so if you ask to reach out to somebody, you ask to connect their, their, their reaction might be to send you an email. But if you turn around and say, Hey, let's get a picture real quick, grab a selfie and then say, let me text this to you. You actually have an excuse to ask, ask for their number. So it's kind of a little Trojan horse for getting a cell phone number out of somebody too.
0: Yeah, it's a tremendous tip. And we're coming into, I mean, not that the summer is not that season, but definitely September, October, November, lots of conferences. Oh, gosh. We're we're going to a lot of them. Like we're we're out in the road. (laughs) At least I am. I know that you are as well. So I mean, this is the perfect time to start using something like this. Really good tip there. And now,
1: subtle transition. Today's conversation is about what Ralph Burns, the god of the Facebook agency, the creator of Tier 11 would do if god forbid, let's say a meteor hits your business yesterday. It's all gone. Everything's everything's over. You've got 10 grand. And by the way, the, the reason that we're canvassing in that way is cuz if you don't and this is my opinion Ralph, you tell me if you agree or disagree. If you don't have 10,000 bucks, I don't think you should burn, you know, I feel like you should go get a job. Like make sure you can pay rent. Right. So you need a little bit of seed capital and not everybody started that way, but that's, that's, you know, what would we say? The guardrails, the perpetual traffic approved approach of entrepreneurship is wait until bills are paid and you've got at least 10 grand. You've got 10 grand and nothing else. What do you do? How do you start? Where would you, knowing what you know now though, you have all the same context, you have all the wisdom that you've earned over the years. Like what would you do? So with th- that in mind, we're going to find out what Ralph would do if he had to start over, start from zero, right after this quick break.
0: You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. See,
1: look, you're a pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. I'm even looking at the fucking script, dude. Like I'm even looking at the script, and I'm just <laughs> I'm just too goddamn this? stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear... using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT.
1: All right, we are back with Ralph Burns, the founder of Tier 11, the host of Perpetual Traffic, and he's going to talk to us about starting over, starting from zero, which by the way, I think even if you have no plans of starting over, starting from zero, there's so much to learn from that topic because it lets you know maybe what you should be doing now in terms of being scrappy and nimble. Because the curse of success means you get to buy your way out of problems. And sometimes you need to go back to the fundamentals and be scrappy and nimble. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, you're one of the smartest marketers I know, dude. Pandering aside, what would you do if you had to start over and be scrappy and nimble?
0: That's a lot of pandering. And this sounds very formal, like you're actually interviewing me, but I think it's instructive because I, I do think that And I read this about Jeff Bezos once, and I always thought it was fascinating and you know how he treats a lot of his people. I have issue with (laughs) just in general, but every day he wakes up with the mindset. I'm just starting out. I'm just starting. I have nothing. And this guy has billions now, (laughs) you know, that couldn't potentially (laughs) drive you to your grave. Like i did that for 10 years probably and it definitely did not help like stress wise strain on the family everything else but it's the mindset of starting over and i also think this is like an insurance policy to think through this in your own mind like what would i do like you never know what will happen like i always sort of say this to the tier 11 team it's like all right it's great we have great organization here great company culture you know a players you know we've got these five core values but you know none of this would be here if we didn't have the finances in order so in case that ever happens we run the company very financially sound so we don't come into this situation that we're talking about right now like we'd have to lay everybody off and fire everyone and start from scratch so having said that if you've got a business then Build it in such a way so that this scenario never happens. But I do think it's good to go through this mental exercise because it's challenging. And what would you actually do? Now, we're giving ourselves the benefit of the doubt here with $10,000. And that's sort of what what the listener had actually mentioned is like, what would you do? How would you MacGyver a business in essence? And I do think that without that $10,000, you should go out and get a job. Like, I don't think you got a job in the corporate world before you did the entrepreneur thing. I'm now drawing a blank. Dude, that was stressful though. I'll tell you, I was in a,
1: it was dark and I should have is what I'll say. And it's not my story today. It's yours, but we'll talk about that someday. Cause I was in a heroin den with a laptop that didn't have a battery that I couldn't use unless it was plugged in. Like. Going to Costco eating the free tryouts, and that's how I was like feeding myself. It was horrible and it was violently irresponsible. And I should have absolutely taken this advice and just gone and, like, you know, been a I don't know what gotten the shopping carts outside of Safeway early in the morning and just been able to feed myself effectively.
0: Well, we'll definitely have to go down that uh, That now that you've opened that loop (laughs) on that happy note. But I, the way that I started was. You know, my wife had a job. I was fired the second time. I was in affiliate marketing, and then it all blew up. Uh, FTC came down on a bunch of the affiliates, and I was like, "What the hell am I going to do now?" So, but I had money in the bank. I had a little bit more than ten grand. But like, what would I do? So, in this particular case, it was—I mean, I wanted to found an. I, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do, but I wanted to to parlay some of the skills that I had acquired through affiliate marketing and just eating what I killed. In essence, you know, you're spending a hundred thousand dollars a month on ads and you hope that you're making in commissions a hundred and one thousand dollars or maybe a hundred thousand and one dollar, maybe a little bit higher profit margin than that. So you're always on the edge anyway, the 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 way that I was sort of running the business. So I always sort of had in the back of my mind, if this thing fell apart, like what would I do? And in the back of my mind, I said, Well, I know I've learned this one skill. So in my particular case, like I really knew how to Uh, handle traffic, conversion, built landing pages. I can understand funnels. I knew email marketing. I had enough of a general knowledge so that with that, how can you create a business? And for me, at that point in time, I was like, we were doing like a cross country RV trip. So I didn't really have this option. But if I were to do it today, if I lost everything, I had 10 grand, I would do two things. First off, I realize now that exactly like we talked about in the open, it's like meeting people and face-to-face interactions are actually the best way to build a business in so many ways. And in my particular case, you're a digital marketer. How dare you? How dare you do such a thing? But I sold online services based upon physical interactions. So I first off created a lead magnet on my crappy website which I knew at that point in time, like the big thing was, you know, Facebook ads. Right now, it's like we target, you know, we we help out CMOs, marketing managers, directors of marketing, and we kind of know like what their pain points are. So I sort of have a bit of an advantage. I would create some kind of transitional call to action or at least a lead magnet on my site. I would rebuild it probably with WordPress or whatever it happens to be just to jump in and pause briefly, because I want to make sure I'm on the
1: same page, you'd stay in the same industry. So you'd be same business, same industry, same avatar. So we're basically rebuilding Terry 11 with 10 grand. If that's the question,
0: yeah, I probably would, because it's the easiest way for me to be able to start back over. So we're assuming that, all right, I've lost everything. I've got 10 grand in seed capital of my own. I'm all alone. (laughs) I have no friends. I don't know anybody. I'm going to have to start all over. For whatever reason, like everything's just blown up like Armageddon. Well, the easiest way f- for me personally to, to make money would be to do the same thing in a slightly different way and almost engineer it similarly to how I first started, which is targeting businesses, in this case, like maybe small businesses. Small businesses need marketing help. So I would target to small businesses, which is exactly how I started, and then sort of grow and scale as I got more and more customers in the door. And I would go to the small business person and sell services to them. So first off, I would create some kind of transitional lead magnet. I would build a website that has a call to action for booking a call, scheduling an appointment, kind of similar to how we do it right now but in the main part of the site i would talk about one specific big problem that businesses have and in most cases it's leads and sales i think it's it's safe to assume so the combination of skills in this case maybe it would be facebook and instagram maybe it would be facebook post ios like how can you actually you know learn the system to grow your local business So I would go probably local businesses first just because I know they need the help and it'd be a great way to sort of build a small base of, of small business clients that one by one by one would help me at least to pay the bills and, and, you know, keep myself afloat. So that's the first thing I would do. And the second thing I would do is I would, I would join local networking groups like business networking international, like my local chamber of commerce and start meeting people face-to-face and talking about like what I did and trying to help them out specifically for their problems. Most of the folks that I've found in those groups have no idea how to market themselves. That's usually the reason why they're there. So if your job is to help market and ultimately get sales in the door, leads ultimately turning into sales, go to an organization, go to a group where they're trying to all do that and i would say you know it was a, it was a great way to start off which was bni and what you can do is you can you can join a local group and then once you join that local group you hone your presentation skills with a 60 second speech that you're supposed to do at the beginning of the core of beginning of the beginning of the meeting and then you can actually go to other groups in your geographic area as well as anywhere within the state and Drop in on them and do the same thing. So you can grow and expand your network. And what I found is that some of the better customers, some of the better clients that I got, I didn't get through online means. It was always through offline means. And most of it came back to BNI. And that just sort of built out that base. And I think you guys really at Solutions 8, like you started in the small businesses primarily, like small, you know, super small spend on on Google. You know, at a certain point, you start to maybe graduate away from that. But it's a great place to establish your reputation, get money in the door. They absolutely need what you're offering. And you're not going to make millions of dollars doing this by any stretch. But you're going to be able to survive. And at the same time, I would run lead campaigns to that lead magnet for those small businesses, probably in the regional area or maybe in the Massachusetts area, and really sort of concentrate on that geography because I've got nothing, right? I've got two things. I've got lots of time all of a sudden, and I've got $10,000. So I would pay for it primarily in my own sort of time going networking meeting lots of different people that need my services, and then building it from there. And it might take weeks, months, might take a year or so. But the point is, is like there's a starving market there. And that's why BNI actually exists. This is something like a commercial for, for business networking international. But if you're just starting out, man, there's no better place to cut your teeth. At least that's what I found in my experience.
1: There's such a wealth of information, what you just said. I'm going to repeat some of what I think are the, the lessons that I'm taking away. The very first one that you glazed over, but I think is, is one of the best, is take inventory. You know what you're good at. Take inventory. Like, this is what I've got. You know, this is what I've learned. This is what I know. And by the way, if you don't know, go go learn. So go buy Digital Marketer Lab and take all the certifications. But Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Take, take inventory so you, you know what you got. And then start targeting the customers that are accessible. When I see new businesses fail so often, it's because they're aiming at a customer that they don't even deserve yet. It's like, dude, you're brand new. You're f- straight out of the gate. You're not going to go get those great big clients. Like go belly to belly and get the person who's kind of where you are, you know, and you're going to make some mistakes and they're not going to pay you as much. And that those two things are probably equal to each other. So I, I really like that start where you are. And, and then the thing about being local, you know, it's so weird, man. I don't know if you feel this way, cause this is massively anecdotal, but I feel like we're actually swinging back. I feel like the, the world went digital, especially post COVID and everybody's like, all right, well, you know, no offices, no connection, no whatever. That's fine. And now it feels like we're actually coming back to where people are, I really would rather work with somebody who's right down the street from me that I can see and connect with and meet. And so I think there's a ton of value there, too. And what's really interesting about what you said, and maybe egg on my face, is outside of you running ads to that lead magnet, you haven't said a single thing that costs you any money except for gas. Right?
0: So it's almost like you could start from zero, maybe. I think, you know, you, you you pay for stuff in two two ways, with money and with your time. And if you have an abundance of one or the other, and you don't have an abundance of money here, you got 10 grand. A lot of people would say, "Well, that's a lot of money." Well, it goes pretty fast when you're <laughs> when you <laughs> when you're trying to get leads online, but it's your time. It's like You can do so much with your time and just grind it out. And I do think if you're first starting, like this is a, this is sort of a made up scenario. Like we're forgetting all the people that I've met in the last 20 years. We're forgetting all those contacts. Like I'm starting from scratch. Nobody knows who I am. You know, I've been dropped on Mars here to try and like make money. Right. But I think absolutely what you say, people, I think when they're first starting a business, And I even see this like with my kids, like they're thinking like I'm like three or four levels higher than where I really am. It's like, you have to start at the bottom. You have to, and that, that education that you get at the bottom is, is priceless because for example, I I remember getting up every Friday morning at like, you know, 5am or whatever it was and having to get to BNI at 7am and you know, pounding down a coffee and like, then I had to do a 60 second speech, which I'm forced to do. I wasn't really good at any sort of extemporaneous speak. I wasn't really good at my pitch, but the first two or three or four times were awful. And then finally by like the sixth or seventh or eighth time, I've started to figure out like what the crowd was responding to, what they were interested in. My pitch all of a sudden became less pitchy and more helpful and all of a sudden i became this trusted resource for remember i'm selling marketing services i've taken inventory of what i think i'm good at which is selling stuff i know i'm good at sales and i know i'm good at marketing you know at least relatively speaking i know that that those skills are in demand so i'm taking those skills and leveraging them in the environment i'm going where the hungry people are i'm opening up the hot dog stand Like right outside the stadium, you know, when the game gets out, because that's where the hungry people are. I don't care. Like, I might be selling the world's crappiest hot dog, but the point is, I'm right in front of all the people that are coming out of that game and they're starving or, you know, they're drunk and they're looking for, you know, some kind of quick bite. It's like you don't need to be the best in the world, but you do need to get in front of the audience that needs you the most. And all of a sudden, you become the expert. And that's what I found in those small networking groups chambers of commerce i went to all the chambers of commerce like and i'm not like naturally a networker but i kind of forced myself into it you know through panic attacks like before i would head in it's like getting out of my comfort zone because i was like my back was to the wall you know i didn't want to go back to the corporate world i had some money i had about this amount maybe a little bit more And I was like, well, I'm just going to grind it out, you know, using my own time as much as I possibly can. But a thousand times I said, well, screw this. It's not working. I might as well just go back and get a job. And I didn't give up and, and do that. But some people do. If you don't have that cushion, it's really hard to go out and, you know, start off like the way that you're like you did, which we'll have to investigate much further in a future episode when I interview you. We're
1: going to drink on that episode, Ralph. I, uh... <laughs> hey, guys, it's Cossum here, and I'm so sorry to be the doom and gloom guy, but hoping this acts as a bit of a wake-up call for you. We've been talking a lot about how the iOS thing has advertisers flying blind, sprinkling in the rising cost of ads and supply chain issues. I think we have a real entrepreneurial challenge ahead of us. And the bad news is a lot of businesses are going to be washed away over the coming months. The good news is that the ones who adapt are going to come out even stronger. That's why it's important to focus on the things that you can control. Tighten up your website, improve your CRO, collect as much first-party data as you can, and test, test, and do more testing. And if you need help with that, go to our friends at Conversion Fanatics. They're running hundreds of tests in all sorts of industries, so they know what's working now. Check the show notes for the link, or you can visit them at conversionfanatics.com. You said something that I really like with the hot dog stand, like go to where the hungry people are. And and you said something that's so quotable and I'm not going to butcher it, but something about when you're in front of the people that need you most, you become the expert naturally. And you don't have to be like the world authority because you've actually, you know, in a really weird way, you sort of lowered the standard required because of the avatar you're speaking to. You're also talking about things that don't scale. I feel like we hurt business owners, especially new business owners, because all we ever talk about is scale. Oh, it has to scale. Without scale, like what's the point? Why even wake up in the morning? And it's like, well, no. In order to learn what scales, you have to first do the thing that doesn't scale. And by the way, the only way to get money in the door in the beginning is to do the thing that doesn't scale. You don't make money on things that scale right out of the gate. Nobody does. So I think, that that's, I think that's such a phenomenal lesson, too. Here's a question for you, though, because you've got a big library of things that you're good at. So I have a question about how much you would choose to niche down. Because you have such a, a such a big library of things you're good at, you know you're good at marketing and funnels and traffic and, and pages and and whatever. So, so I'd be interested in knowing how broad your offering is in the beginning. But before you answer, we have to go to a quick break. All right, we're back. Ralph Burns, you've started over from nothing. You've got ten grand. You're building a business. I love your feet on the street, pound the pavement approach. How? how insistent are you on maintaining your offer? Are you, you know, somebody comes to you like, oh, I need a website, oh, I need Facebook ads, oh, I need content written. Like, are you doing just anything to get cash flow rolling, which is excusable, or are you staying true to a specific offer? It's
0: a super great question because, I mean, we always talk about, well, the riches are in the niches, and right. you should niche down to scale up. You know, kind of cliched at this point, but if you're hearing it for the first time, maybe it isn't cliched, but for me, I chose... The harder route, which was basically I'll take anything. (laughs) Well, when you're hungry, (laughs) when you're hungry, and you know, the kids need food. And you know, in my case, my huge goal, which is a little bit off base here, was to pay the health insurance. Like that's all I wanted to do. And at that point, it was like $1,800 a month. Now it's like $2,800 a month. It's crazy. And they can. Coverage is even worse. But anyway, we won't go into that (laughs) discussion on healthcare in Massachusetts. The point was, like, that was my goal. And that's profit. So I'm selling a service. So most of the things, I did have a a VA when I first started. Let's eliminate the VA here. I'm doing everything. So basically, all the things I'm doing are 100% air quotes profit. But they're really not because you're paying for it in time. Maybe you have some software tools that amount to a couple of hundred dollars. You know, that's a really good business model. It's a way to generate cash flow. But all I wanted to do is I just wanted to get the revenue in the door and get into a recurring model and then eventually level up and maybe scale, figure out how to scale something that at that point I really thought was completely unscalable. Like the idea of a virtual agency back when I started, like 13, 14, 15 years ago, didn't really exist. Now it's like everyone has one. Great. So, but the point is, is you're selling yourself and that is scalable to a degree. I don't think that you should enter into a business thinking about scale first. The first thing you should do is, is generate results. And even do it with ridiculously low prices. Like my, fir- like all I wanted to do when I first started was just get some some people that would say, "Hey, he does a really good job." And my first customer was paid me hundred dollars a month. hundred dollars a month. That was it. Because I was like, "Well, what can you afford?" He's like, "I could give you a hundred bucks a month." I'm like, "Done. I'll do it." But I leveraged that $100 a month. I worked probably 40 hours a week for that $100 a month, which is crazy when you think about it for my first month or so. But it got me confidence, got me the ability to then sell out of the customers. Hey, I have this customer that I did X, Y, and Z with. And thirdly, it did generate you know word of mouth. And he generated actually, I think, two other sales for me. I ended up charging a little bit more than $100, but I totally handcrafted the business in a completely unscalable way to eventually scale it. And now we're in you know 30 plus countries with 70 some odd people all over the world. One of the largest digital marketing agencies through Facebook and social, according to them, that's direct response. So, I mean, you have to start somewhere, but I didn't start with scale in mind. I just wanted to get the result. And get really good results for my customers and eventually parlay that into bigger things.
1: What a fun story that is. Does that guy, are you still connected with him? That first customer, does he know?
0: I've lost touch with him, but he still has the business on Cape Cod. He was, he basically restored old paintings and he needed ads to his site for really tiny little keywords on Google AdWords and a tiny geographic location and SEO. And that's what I did.
1: I'm it wasn't even that. Facebook. Hold on. That's, so this is really interesting here, y'all. We're, we're about to get... This is scandalous. Ralph Burns, the Facebook agency guy, your very first customer was a Google Ads client. Yeah, it was. Do you, do you know how that makes me feel?
0: I, have, I eventually did throw in Facebook after because sure. I realized... You know, if I spent $10 a day on Facebook, my Google searches would all because he had actually pretty good SEO because it was like painting restoration Cape Cod. Like that was the Google keyword that I was bidding. I think it was like one keyword I was bidding on. But it was such high intent. I was like, if I could get some Facebook traffic and I'll have the Google ads and I'll have the SEO, I like basically have a monopoly on Cape Cod. And he, he got like one or two customers his first month or maybe his second month. I forget. But he got a return on it. He's like, yeah, somebody just you know called me and saw my ad. I'm like, bingo. And that's how I launched it, literally. So as a combination Google Ads agent. You know, remember when I was an affiliate, it was all Google Ads, mm-hmm. just so we're clear. yeah. You were probably in diapers back then. I'm, I'm still in diapers. I, <laughs> well, I'm going to diapers soon.
1: What's <laughs> the joke you and John have is because people ask us questions so often, and we always say it depends. We just pretend like we're we're very dependent. It's horrible.
0: <laughs> it depends in the background.
1: So we've got our we've got our business, and I think you've done a really good job, step by step, explaining what you would do from the ground up. My question is: is when do you segue? When do you decide? Like, okay, I'm done. I'm done in the sandbox. You know, I've got, let's say I've got my core finances covered, which I imagine would be the prerequisite. So I'm paying rent. You know, I've got these 10 clients each paying me a thousand bucks a month. I've got my thousand dollars a month or whatever it ends up being. At what point do you decide like, okay, I'm going to start niching down, doing the things I should do, focusing. Where's the, the, the cutoff? Because I think, to be honest, I think we all do it too late. I think we do it way, because you're afraid, you know, there's, there's a fear of missing out.
0: Yeah. So for me, like when I started, it was SEO and Google because I I knew that really well. I had done some Facebook ads as an affiliate for like the, (laughs) my wife hates when I talk about this, you know, as an affiliate for Christian Mingle, which was great for Facebook in 2010, 2011, because your only targeting was male, female, where you lived, you know, what gender you were interested in back when there were. Two genders and then there was like you know and then it's like are you in a relationship yes no or it's complicated and that was all the targeting so as an affiliate i started doing that and i was like that's great and then that offer kind of just fell all apart but then when you ask about like what the next step was it was platform specific so what, what I did is I took this small group of small business owners. So I had like a law firm, you know, I had a local company that sold like a radiator cover. It was actually a really cool business. I was sending all their traffic to Home Depot, by the way, and they were measuring their sales based upon like a baseline. It was crazy. And we just like exploded the business. That one I was charging, I think like 1500 bucks a month. That was like my big customer. I had a Google and SEO agency that was selling solar on Cape Cod. And then they were also selling, you know, they sold weather vanes and they sold solar in a different business. So that was like a twofer customer met that guy at a networking event. So I was, I was very, I wouldn't say I was specialized as of yet, but I started to get some critical mass. I was starting to be able to pay the health insurance. I remember when I signed the solar weather vane guy, I was like, wow, now I can finally pay the health insurance. Haven't taken a salary as of yet. So I built up enough, but then things changed around 2012, 2013. If you recall, I have this Google SEO kind of paid traffic business, got Facebook in the background. I'm like, man, if they ever figured out that targeting thing, this would be amazing. And then all of a sudden they figured it out. It was like ads in the newsfeed and I think late 2012, early 2013. And I pivoted everything. So I was at another networking event once again, like another networking event. I go up to you know, Cambridge, people who are interested in like SEO and growing their business. I met another client up there. Those guys paid me like five or six grand a month. I'm like, oh my God, like I'm building this thing. And super hard SEO for them, like thousands of pages. I mean, I was working like hundreds of hours a week. It's crazy. But the point was, is like, I had this base of knowledge, but then Facebook came around. And I was like, this, I immediately realized this is a game changer. So to answer your question, I didn't pivot to a niche, but I pivoted to a platform. And then I realized that was going to be the platform that was going to set me on the next trajectory because it was easily controllable. You know, you could, You could, you didn't have to wait months and months like SEO. You didn't have to pay for keywords that you really didn't know about. You could do ads right in the newsfeed. All of a sudden there's targeting for demographics and psychographics and interests and all these other like crazy targeting, which they've now taken out. But it was unbelievable. I'm like, this is the biggest thing. So then I started just getting more and more Facebook related local businesses and that's when things i pivoted specialized and that's when i realized all right i need to start hiring people (laughs) and that was the answer to your question a very long answer to the question but that's actually how it happened
1: dude that's so first of all good for you for spotting that trend because most people don't and i've noticed that seems to be kind of a recurring theme for you like you as an agency tier 11 has done a better job adopting performance max than any other google ads agency i've seen outside of us all the google agencies are saying like no we're not going to do it it's whatever and y'all weren't a google agency but you saw pmax and you're like oh this is going to be a thing and i'm curious and maybe this is just like a difficult thing to teach i don't know how fair this question is is but how do you do that like how do you see what is and what isn't worth chasing as far as shiny objects are concerned
0: I don't know. And I don't want to make this all about like how I started, but we're using it as a proxy for people who have $10,000 and backs to the wall and have to figure something out. I would look at, I mean, if I was starting right now, I would, I I guess the answer isn't necessarily the answer that you're looking for. I would look at the big platforms and what's in demand and what's hot. So for me, it would be TikTok and Dude, performance. TikTok backs. is nuts right now too. And TikTok. Absolutely.
1: God, forgive me for saying this. TikTok is easier. Like PMAX, it is easier. PhD, hard. TikTok is like. I mean, I'm not saying media creation is easy, but the utilization of TikTok is understandable. It's pretty easy to wrap your head around.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we've had Savannah on the show a number of times. Like, she's figured out, like, she's niched inside a niche, really, and done an amazing job. And she's got like a really cool business, super sustainable. Well, dude, you know, she a lot just, of notoriety say, it's
1: easy she's like i don't you know she, she's really simple with her targeting approach all that she doesn't overcomplicate the thing and that's what i think makes her really really good
0: yeah i think you just sort of have to see things like how do you grow a business like people hire, i always sort of i never really thought of us as like a social media agency or a facebook agency i was like that's how we help grow businesses There's two things that I know people always will, businesses always will want sales and marketing. How do I get more sales? How do I get more leads? If you can do that, you will always have a job. That's why I went into sales after college, even though I really wasn't like super extroverted and like great with people at that point in time. I must have listened to, you know, Dale Carnegie's book, like a thousand times in my car and tony robbins and everything you know what i mean but i knew like if i could do that people can't live without that businesses can't live without that and i think when it comes to spotting trends i don't look at it as platform agnostic i look at TikTok as a modality to grow a business i look at facebook as a modality to grow a business google performance max same thing grow a business Acquire new customers and grow. And you can only grow a business three ways, right? It's like acquire more customers, get them to buy more stuff when they buy, and then get them to buy more often, right? It's like Jay Abraham, like everyone's talked about this. You know, Ryan Dice talks about it, but it's the basics. The top one of acquiring new customers is the hardest thing to do. And if you can do that, then people will always be the path to your door. And you're starting to realize this, I think, now with Performance Max. You're like, oh my God, like this is possible. Maybe you guys are a little bit more middle and bottom of funnel to a certain degree. But now it's like it's like this this modality has now entered into our, our collective consciousness on the Google side that allows and affords businesses to be able to go top of funnel. And acquire new customers, which I still think to this day, and, and David Ogilvy said it in his book, it's the hardest thing to do in advertising.
1: Yeah. That's really well said. And it's fun that we got to bring this back to Performance Max. Like no matter what we do, Ralph, all <laughs> roads all roads lead back to Performance Max. That's awesome. How where can people find you?
0: Well, geez, Cossum. Awesome. Thanks for asking. <laughs> it's great to be on perpetual traffic. They can reach me over at tier11.com, I suppose but there's, and obviously on the socials and LinkedIn, we're pretty active on LinkedIn now. And you'll see on LinkedIn, it's this, it's this, we're producing a ton of content over on LinkedIn, a fair amount on our YouTube channel. And it's all about this idea of business growth. An agency is like not an agency unto itself. It's just about helping businesses grow. And I do think that if I had to start all over again, I, I realized that that's something that everyone needs and wants and every business is always going to want it. So you'll always have gainful employment and hopefully some profit and hopefully you'll enjoy the ride doing it as well, which I know you and I do, which is which is fortunate. And if you're listening to this show, chances are you probably have some kind of interest in digital marketing or online advertising. So I'm hoping this exercise helped a few people along the way.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a masterclass, man. I really appreciate you sharing that with us. I know it's an uncomfortable question, but it's one I think everybody should be asking themselves. And Yeah, that was awesome. That was Ralph Burns from Tier 11 talking to us about what he would do if he had to start all over. Appreciate all y'all listening. We want to be the number one podcast on the planet, and we can't do that without you. So let us know what we can do better. Go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. Make sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you're listening. You can follow Ralph on Twitter at Ralph HB and Kasim at Kasim Aslam. Go back and listen to previous episodes. Any resources we mentioned are going to be in the show notes at perpetualtraffic.com. And on behalf of my illustrious co-host, Ralph, peace. See ya. (laughs) You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic.